No. Welcome to the party, people. Wait. We had an issue with and recording. We, guess what we have to do? We are re-recording this. Second Yay. time's the charm. <laughs> um, but don't worry, you'll be getting even better charm. Fresh content. And amazingness, because Even I'm though here. we're both exhausted. So, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> School, life, really taking a toll on us. Oh, and don't forget the PSAT's coming Shh. up. Um, Vicky has this thing where she consistently studies for tests. I don't. So, <laughs> there's that. Um, but yeah, it's it's going. <laughs> okay. Let's get started. Yeah. Today, episode 7, we're going to be talking about authors. Just uh, authors. Yeah, more specifically authors we like, authors we don't and just like problematic or just weird and like their writing style or things like that this episode is going to be more focused on like analysis and sort of like getting into the way the authors write so hopefully you guys are up for that yeah i i mean last time we recorded this we really enjoyed it so yeah. like i don't know we just like analytical stuff so hopefully you guys are enjoying, enjoying that too. too yeah okay so let's get to it okay first we're going to be talking about authors we like um, our first author is... Top of the list. I'm going to let Vicky Hoover. take this. <laughs> um, I'm sure by now we already know that I'm obsessed with Colleen Hoover. Just a bit. Here but and there. I don't know. There's just something about her writing style in general that, like, I remember her first book, um, Layla, I read. Mm. Literally the first sentence had me hooked. And, like, from that, I didn't Do even put it down. you know what the first sentence is? I don't. Actually, that's wait. That's it. not even her first book I read. It was It Ends With Us, which... I read over the summer and I highly enjoyed. I don't know, there's just something about her writing that just captivates you, especially because I was a huge fantasy reader, but recently, um, and starting towards earlier in the summer too, I just kind of drifted away from that genre. I just, I don't know, it gave me into slump because I feel like I... I, Contemporary? uh, No, fantasy. Fantasy, I feel like that was the only thing I read. So then this year I kind of switched over to contemporary and so far she's been like my favorite author for that. Yeah, I think, like, fantasy obviously has its perks, and we've talked extensively about (laughs) how much we love certain things in fantasy, but um, I think I'm just, it's too much now, too much world building, too much, like... Exactly, I think we just need a small break, and then, like, fantasy will always be amazing, like, I will always love it, it just needs occasional breaks. Yes, of course. And if you want to hear more about that... Go to our second episode, Trump's <laughs> Genres and Embarrassment. Yes, where I embarrass myself yeah. again and again. <laughs> Continuously. Anyway. Um, but also, her personality is great, too. Yes, like, unproblematic. Also. Yes, and like her TikTok or Instagram, she's just so funny in general, which just makes me love her even more because I know I can rely on the fact that she's a good person to, like, enjoy the book. Finding an unproblematic author is like hitting, like, a needle in a haystack. Jackpot. Literally, because Jackpot. you... <laughs> And it's like a needle where you can't thread it totally because you're not totally sure if they're going to continue being unproblematic. So you're like trying to get the string through, but you're like, but like hesitant and you can't do it. That was a really good analogy. Yeah, so good definitely. I hope they kept up with that. <laughs> Our brains just work too fast. Okay. Uh, the second author is Taylor Jenkins Reid. Mm-hmm. Um, most notable books are The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, Daisy Jones and the Six, and Malibu Rising. I literally love them all. I have to read Malibu Rising, though. I have Same. it in my library. Oh, I don't. Well, <laughs> I have Daisy Jones uh, here with us right yeah. now. But, oh my god. So basically, um, the ones that we mentioned before, Taylor Jenkins Reid writes, like, recent historical fiction. So it's not like, it's 
the Seven Husbands is set in the 60s, Daisy Jones is set in the 70s, and Malibu mm-hmm. Rising is set in the 80s. So it's not, like, history technically, but it's not, like, modern day settings. Which is nice. I actually, like, really enjoyed her books. Yeah, because it, like, takes someone who's out of the ordinary in those settings and sort of how they relate to what's going on around them, and it gives you more of an idea of what society was like at that Wait, time. this is, like, exactly what we're doing in English class ew, right now. <laughs> how does society impact no, the character? The community. <laughs> Anyways, but honestly, like, her writing has something special in it, too. It's, I it has also drugs, think, maybe. Maybe that's why well, it's so addicting. Books, like, all her books involve drugs, <laughs> so maybe it's that. <laughs> also, oh, okay, the format that she writes in is so cool, because, like, Daisy yeah, Jones is written, like, interview style, and The Seven Husbands is written from the point of view of a journalist, and so it's, like, not, and it's, like, her telling the story of her life instead of, like, just it being told. Yeah. And so I think that the, like, different format also entices you. Especially Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, where, like, in the beginning, you don't really know what's going on, and then, like, as the story unravels, I just found that. And it switches from, like, the current point of view to Evelyn telling her life story, and that, like, alter, I love it. Yeah, but also the way Daisy Jones, like, I don't know, the way she had the pages set up, I thought was so cool, just, like, dialogue. I don't know, I really enjoyed that, because sometimes for me as a reader, when there's too much text explaining stuff, I just, like, I cannot handle it, so this was such a nice, it was, like, a different read, because I've I've never, like, read that kind of style before, but it was so nice. It was, like, documentary style, basically, like, an oral documentary, super cool. We interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Wait, I actually want to say something really quick, um, which relates to her other episodes, but Jenny Han, the author of The Summer I Turned Pretty, although I'm not in favor of um, To All the Boys I've Loved Before, yeah. let me just say she I was completely, that? yeah, let me just say I was completely wrong about the cast, and there's a video of them <laughs> smiling to one another, and yes, although I pictured Conrad looking a little bit older, they are perfect. Let me tell you, the cast is perfect. So I literally take back everything I said. I don't remember which episode this was in. This was in our episode talking about uh, adaptation, so screen break. Yeah. I'm I, so amazing. I take everything back. You they heard even, it right here, folks. They even Vicky look like wrong. brothers. Whoa. Like, Belly looks like Belly. D- belly. Belly. That, that Belly. <laughs> He's gotta look like himself. That's a her. Sorry. She's gotta look like like a belly. Okay, now back to the topic. Back to our previously programmed schedule. Yes. <laughs> the third author on our list is Madeline Miller. Most notably, she writes mythology or like adaptations, specifically Song of Achilles and Circe. Circe. Mm. Sir. We Cer- literally had the Cer- same problem last time. Circe. Circe. Whatever. Cirque. Cirque du Soleil. Oh. Uh, okay, that's a bit of a stretch. But it's like told from different points of view. So Song of Achilles. Um, is obviously about the hero Achilles, but instead of telling it like the Iliad tells it, where he's, like, basically a horrible person, it's told through the eyes of his lover, Patroclus, and Cersei is told from Cersei the Titan's point of view, and she, if you look at any, like, Greek mythology, she never really has her own voice, Mm -hmm. so it's, like, a different perspective on told mythological stories. And she's definitely not the kind of author who, like, you know, makes you cry. Like, the Song of Achilles definitely didn't make us cry. Cersei... 
I did not shed yeah, one tear. Like, I still don't have, I don't have quotes written down from the books that made no. me emotional. Um, the bulletin you know? board behind my bed yeah. doesn't explicitly have Nothing multiple like quotes Nothing like that, you book. know, she's very sweet, very happy, you know, it's, very you know, happy ending. the thing is super, like, happy-go-lucky. No yeah, one ever dies. Exactly. Nothing ever happens. Mm-hmm. Definitely read them if you want yeah. a happy pick-me-up. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, the same thing sort of as we said with Colleen Hoover, just the way that she writes it hooks you in automatically, the way she yeah. starts the book, and there aren't, I found in the middle of Song of Achilles it was a little boring, but other yeah. than that, there's there's never a moment where you're like, okay, I kind of want to put this down. Yeah. I'm Let's on. talk about our last author, Tahira Mafi, which I'm going to be talking more yes. about this one because Ira has yet to reach out to me, Victoria even though I have repeatedly told her to pick up the book and drop everything else. I repeatedly told her she means literally never shut up ever about this book, like to the point where I saw it in the school library and I told our librarian, shout out to you, Miss Johnson, um, <laughs> and I was like, I have to get this because Vicky won't shut up about it and I need to like, I need to make her stop telling you. Guys, she won't respect her partner, like. When your partner tells you to do something, you do it. You know? Not when the partner is you. That is quite offensive. It should Unlike be. me, who's very respectful oh, when yeah, I tell no. you to read Shadow. You're me. just as respectful as yeah. Madeline Miller is happy. <laughs> no, but uh, Tahira has such a nice writing style as well. Like, I know for Shatter Me, there's this thing that she does for Juliet in the um, first few chapters when we're, like, first discovering what's going mm. on, where Juliet will say something or she'll think something, and then, like, to hear, like, crossed it out. So it's like she never said that at all. I don't know. When I first oh, read that, I had cool, never yeah. seen that in any other book. And I was just so obsessed with it, I honestly. Love it. I love it when authors do, like, unconventional things mm-hmm. like that. Like, um, or when they include, like, art pieces or, like, pages from something. Like, in The Cruel Prince. Yes. Cardin <laughs> writes Jude's name over and over and over again. Yes. And also, I just love the way she brings the characters to life. Like, it's not only the main characters, like, Warner and Juliet, who we mainly focus on. It's also, like, side characters, like, um, Kenji, Juliet's best friend, who's introduced later on. He's, like, one of my favorite characters because he's so funny, and he just brings the story together. Like, without him, I don't think we would be able to see as much of, like, Juliet's growth. Obviously, Warner. And if you don't know what this book is about, I'm sorry. Just know that the main characters is Juliet and Warner. I also think Taylor Jenkins Reid does a really good job yeah. at that. Because, like, no matter, I'm thinking of um, Daisy Jones right yes, now. Daisy. But, like, no matter what you're talking about, even, like, the slightest of side characters have depth to them. And authors yeah. that can not only develop their main characters, but, like, any side character just adds so much more to the book. No, but I totally agree. Because when you have, like, pointless side characters in the book, it yeah. doesn't really add on to it. Like, they're there. But they do you really, depth. yeah, do you really need them to be there, you like, know? Yeah, okay, there's a random man walking on the street, but why is he walking on the street? Did he why forget he his groceries? groceries? <gasps> oh my oh god! god! <laughs> that was not planned! We say, like, the most basic things, and we're like, oh my god, telepathy. Oh my god! Is he going to get a dog? Does he have a dog? Is he sad because his dog died? Yeah. Like, I want to know something about this man yeah. walking on the street. How did he pay his groceries? <laughs> was he excited to pay his groceries? Did he pay with a credit or debit card? Did he pay with cash? Who knows? That's the real question. Does he use coupons? <laughs> like, these are, this is what we should be asking in English class. Yeah, and honestly, I feel like I like, a, I like an author based on their writing style. And let me just say, all these authors that we have mentioned... I love their writing styles. All of them. That's why we mentioned them. Yes, that is 
Duh. Literally, that, why that's we, the point. That's yeah. the point of this episode. Also, she has an amazing personality, and she's so down yes. to earth. And We're her gonna... her husband, I'm pretty sure she has a daughter too. I could be wrong. I could be thinking of a wrong author, <laughs> but I know that her Instagram is like so full of life. We're gonna be talking more about like problematic and like all of that stuff later. But like finding an unproblematic author, I said this before, it touches you in a way nothing else will, mm-hmm. because like you can appreciate their books without feeling guilty you can buy their books that's kind of oh wow so i bought the entire shadow me series like in a month over the summer and i made my older sister buy it because i'm broke okay second scheduled section we're going to be talking about authors we don't like some of these are controversial some of these are just us airing out our anger or also just their books in general like we read Mm -hmm. multiple of their books and, we and they were just not good. And, like, if you're consistently bad, that's not that's not the reader's yeah, taste. Yeah, That's no just thanks. you as an author. Okay. So, first things first, Cassandra Clare. And um, let's just quickly say one thing. Wait, Siblings wait. to lovers. So, most notably, she's written, um, what is it? The Shadow Hunters. Shadow Hunters series. Shadow Hunter. Mortal Instruments. Um, the Clock One. Clockwork. Yeah, the Clockwork Angel. Angel. Yeah. So she like the Shadowhunters realm was created by her and siblings to lovers. Um, that is actually and I haven't said. read the other ones that she's written mm-hmm. and I've heard better reviews about that. So I can't comment, but the I fact that I so... picked up her first book, mm-hmm. um, I saw the development of siblings to lovers, and I also could not get through her book, and I never I picked just, up her, that series her again. Characters find like so fall dense, in love. Too. Find out they're siblings. Continue to be in love, and then find out they're not siblings. That was like a big spoiler. Sorry, yeah. But like, we just gotta talk about it because like, there's definitely not that one quote that like her brother's like, "I shouldn't want to do you." Let your let your do this. You're my sister, my blood. I should want to protect you, protect you from the boys who want to do the same things I want to do. Bye. Like, I gotta stop. We gotta stop right there because no, I literally I couldn't go past the third that's book. That's so disturbing. Exactly, and it, that's like a repeated thing that yeah. she does. Like she does it multiple times. Guys, she's an only child though, so I get it. Stop. Ira <laughs> is an only child. <laughs> no, only child. <laughs> like if I were to ever write. Um, sure, I don't know, like, sibling banter, like, I'd probably end up writing, like, hey, sis, but I know hey, that- Hey, sis, what are you doing tonight? Yeah, exactly, but I know that they don't fall in love with each other. I don't know, I ha- I don't know anything about the author, I don't know about her other she's, books. She's, like, she's on the line of problematic, because there's, like, no representation in yeah, her books whatsoever. Yeah. There's, like, the token POC, or, like, the token, um, LGBT couple, so- Honestly, I couldn't read it. Uh, yeah. So, basically, we just don't like, um, the general, and also just... I we just don't like siblings to lovers. Like, <laughs> nothing else to it. Um, stay away from Cassandra Clare. Okay. And last but not least, this one, I think, might be controversial. Controversial a little bit, yeah. I mean, okay, to be honest, I don't know him as a person again. This is, should we just say... John um, so, Green, yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, um... Mr. John Green. <laughs> I just don't like the way he, like, tries to romanticize things okay, in his yes. books. So, I've heard a lot of people say that, like, his books are supposed to be a critique of the Manic Pixie Dream Girl trope, which is basically, like, this, like, amazing girl, like, who's so quirky and different, and, like, she's not like everyone else around her, and it's like, oh, like, an image painted of her or whatever. 
But he ends up just feeding into it. Yeah, I know. I, I read one thing that he was like, this book, like, you, like looking for Alaska, I think he was like, yeah. like, he's against it. But why keep writing about it, you know? No, because, like, um, in Looking for Alaska, not spoiling anything, but Alaska is, like, the definition of the Manic Pussy Dream Girl trope. Like, she's this different character, and the main character, she's Miles, is, She's just so is, different like, from everyone else, you exactly. know? Exactly. He's, like, besotted with her. He's like, oh, my God, you're named after a state. Oh, my God, you're Whoa. beauty. You're young. You're, 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 whatever. They're in, um, high school. Yeah. But, like, he doesn't do enough to make fun of it, even, like, subtly, that I think it ends up just being another book that's a part of the same trope. And I think that's yeah. a lot of his books. Um, whether the quirk is, like, um, wanting to... Disappearing randomly, or being yeah. named after state, or having cancer. Like, he doesn't... Paper Towns was just so... I was like, what is this? Paper Towns is the epitome me, of the Manic It took me so time. long to finish that book. I was like, what is the point of this? Like, I, you have you have a girl who's who's kind of, you know, badass, who sneaks out without her parents knowing, and oh my god, there's a good guy, and like, oh my god, he has to go with her. Oh my god, and he wants to chase her. (gasps) All of a sudden, she disappears. Like, oh my god, where did she go? he spends his days searching for her, even though they only were really together for like two days. She only talked to him for like a night. Because like, they were, because she was popular, and he wasn't, and he was like, oh my god, like, it's so... It's just, you know, basic. The Fault in Our Stars is the only one that I think I could genuinely say I enjoyed reading multiple times. me too. Um... But John Green is very, like, me when I was 12 years old, wanting to have an individuality complex, he helps oh fuel that, but it's not, I just, I really don't like, just like, his characters and sort of, the way. and it's also, um, very repetitive. Like, after a while, it's just like, I don't want to read, like, the same thing in a different yeah. plot. Especially because, for me, characters are extremely important. Mm-hmm. The complexity of the characters, even the plot, too, I feel like There's they're both even-even. Yeah. But with just his books, you know, and all these authors that we've talked about so far, it's really just about their They're books. writing. John Green, Crash Course, saved me. Yeah. It's saving me this year. Saved me last year. John and Hank Green, I used to listen to their podcast. <laughs> like, I love them and I, like I love them as people and they're still great people just their writing style yeah, I don't, just I don't their like writing. his writing style yeah and that is a perfect transition into onto problematic slash you know weird so or we like have, borderline problematic we have three authors that are either like extremely problematic that we wanted to discuss or just like like something about them is just weird yeah just like borderline like maybe not problematic but like Keep an eye out for them. Speaking of problematic, like, I think we should just preface this by saying that there's no set definition of, like, what something problematic is. And I think that's a huge, like, problem in discourse and things, is that, like, where is the line drawn? What, like, obviously doing something, like, outwardly homophobic, that would be problematic. Or, like, saying, like, a racist slur. That's automatically problematic. But, like, lacking representation. Where is the line between, like lacking it and then growing and like lacking it so much that you can't come back from yeah it. because we can almost say that every author is problematic mm-hmm. if we're really looking at it in that sense and i feel like the most important thing is just understanding when authors want to grow and want to exactly. take others advice to improve and those who just do it for show do it because they have to so take most of what we say with a grain of salt because our definition of problematic may not necessarily be yours, but if you do hear critiques or criticisms on an author, make sure you do your research, you figure out why they're like being considered problematic, and you use your own personal judgment to sort of like 
and this goes for anything this is just cancel culture as a whole any creators any content creators any singers musicians like anyone that you hear is problematic do your research don't just hop on the bandwagon and start exactly. like, joining in so yeah. this first author though you can ignore all of the things you just said because <laughs> jk rowling uh yeah basically Basically, there's nothing to say about her other than she's problematic. She was very outwardly transphobic. She repeatedly tweeted and wrote in an essay that she just didn't believe trans people existed, which, like, that's not for you to decide. Exactly. Um, like, that you shouldn't be going and sharing your opinion. Like, even if that's something you may believe, although that's very problematic to us, keep that to yourself. Exactly. Like, and she also has not shown any growth. She's repeatedly yeah. stayed defended herself in what she said and never been like okay i want to grow and i think like the harry potter series was it was such a home yeah for so childhood favorite and like exactly growing up knowing that the author of like your childhood favorite series is very problematic and I, just like a bad person yeah i feel like it just ruins everything it's like ruining a memory that you had when you were younger, like, in and the I, future. I think it's worse for her, too, because when you're a child, you tend to idolize things, right? Yeah. And with her, she had a very rags-to-riches story. Like, she was extremely poor, taking care of her daughter, and then she got this idea for Harry Potter, and all of a sudden, she's this billionaire. And it's like, looking at it as a eight-year-old reading The Sorcerer's Stone, you're like, oh my god, like, I want to be her. And then, knowing the things that she's done yeah. after. And I feel like... Even, let's say if you are problematic, I feel like you shouldn't destroy that for your readers, you know? Mm-hmm. When you know it's such already a problem, you know people aren't accepting, like, why do you keep feeding onto the problem? If you have these opinions, don't have them. But if you're stuck on having them, don't voice don't, them out. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Because it it's, it's just, it's it. so harmful to so many people who rely on the books. And, like, Harry Potter also, it was an enigma. It was this huge thing. Yes. And so many people loved it. And, like, ima- like being someone, imagine being someone part of, like, the LGBT community and then knowing that, like, your author doesn't support you. Yeah, and just, like, looking at her books, too, Harry Potter has, like, no representation. Yeah. The Asian character's name is Cho Chang. Like, can you make it more obvious? Please. Like, thank you for doing your research. Yeah, you, you know? put so much effort into that. If you're going to write any character who is not the culture that you are, do your research before you do it. And I think this actually is a very important topic to talk about because you understand when authors want to actually, like, understand and write their books mm-hmm. based on the research about different cultures. Yeah. You know when they just do it, oh, just because they have to. Exactly. And it's so important to make other people in the culture feel represented. Not even just in the culture, but, like, you're giving the wrong yeah. impression. Yeah, and you just, it's respect, it's decent respect. Exactly, like, you if you're... If you're going to write a character named Cho Chang that's feeding into, like, stereotypes exactly. about East Asian people. You have to understand and learn about the cultures in order to write them. Otherwise, you shouldn't be writing about them at all. And it's not difficult. You have to do research for any book at all. That's yeah. just, like, part of writing any book. And so this is just an added aspect to that. Exactly. Okay, so the last author we're going to be talking about is Sarah J. Mass. But keep in mind, this is what we were talking about before. We can't say that she's problematic. Like, I just kind of exactly. want to discuss about her. And see our feelings, because Ira hasn't really read any of her books yet. I've read the first book of Throne of Glass. Yeah. That's it. But I have read um, all of her series, like A Court of Thorns and... Sorry, this always messes me up. A Court of Thorns and Roses <laughs> yeah. and then Throne of Glass. I've read them all, and especially Throne of Glass. It was, like, a favorite of mine for so long. Like, yeah. I adore the characters. Same to, like, um, like, with her other series. I also love the characters, but... 
Yeah, it just kind of ruined it for me a little bit when I saw people, like, criticizing her. Because the characters were so fond to me that I... Yeah. I don't know. So the main criticism for her was just her lack of representation and yeah. diversity in her yeah. books. There's either there's the token, like, person of color, um, or, like, the token gay character, or there's, like, no representation. And, like, that's when it comes down to it, like... Is that problematic? Is that problematic? Is that enough to cancel this author? Is that enough to say, like, don't go out and buy their books? Like, if you want to read them, find them free online or get them from a library. Like, is that the same as J.K. Rowling being yeah. transphobic? Which, for me, honestly, it isn't. I'm, but, but even though it isn't, is that I still don't support her. Yeah, that is still problematic to me, and I don't really support Has her. Has she grown? I haven't, like, read. But. Honestly, I don't, I don't think... She's come out with any recent books. Yeah. But, on like, ever since I came out, I don't really support her. Because, for me, knowing when a person wants to grow and wants to take feedback is when they're able to, like, I don't know, clearly represent that in their writing. Exactly. Because, for her, it's like, well, is she doing this because she was criticized and she wants to stay away from that criticism? Or is she doing this because she actually means That's it? That's the thing. And I think once you reach a certain level of, like, criticism and sort of like just general cancel culture surrounding an author or honestly any creator actor musician whatever it's hard to tell whether they're changing because they're changing because you don't know them personally like you're not able to judge their character i think the way to tell is if it's consistent yeah like is she going to write one book with representation and then go back to just having like white straight characters or is she going to continuously include diversity and start and not do it in a way that's like overdoing it which is why it's so difficult exactly like there's so many factors to it which is why the line is so great yeah blurry whoa (laughs) which is why like i don't fully support her whatsoever Mm -hmm. but i i can say that i did enjoy like exactly and this is one of those ones like we were talking about where it's like personal judgment you have to make a call you have to read the books yourself and decide like is it worth it all right So, thank you everyone for listening. We hope you enjoyed this different perspective we took on analytical thinking. It was a little more, a little deeper, a little more going into... Which I, I I always, I've always been a person who loves more deeper stuff. Like, I cannot just do, like, borderline stuff. I don't know. I think we might end up switching a little bit, so let us know your feedback. Let us know if you like this version better, because I think we both enjoyed really recording I think definitely me talking this throughout this can clearly like people can clearly understand that i'm really into this because vicky doesn't normally actually end up talking that much so as always socials and email link down below follow us on tiktok or instagram um like comment subscribe and uh make sure to hit that like button (laughs) or just you know give a podcast our list Give our podcast a listen. Or a recommendation to a friend. Yeah. Thank you so much again. See you next time, friends.